What makes a master gardener or a person with a real green thumb is someone who, instead of doing what they think the plants need, they can just listen really well, mm -hmm. really, you know, tune in and find out what is the plant asking for. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to another podcast of Abundant Souls. Today, I have a new friend and special guest who has his own business, Grow Your Own Florida, up in Orlando, who does edible landscaping. Patrick, thank you for joining us today. Oh, so happy to be here, brother. Thanks for inviting me on. First time meeting. Heck yeah. That's yeah. how you do it. Yeah, that's it, man. I know yeah. I could tell you're about it, uh, so yeah. I wanted to have growers on. That's the whole the yeah. vibe of the pocket. That's always been my intention, so... Here I love are, it. Dude. Yeah, I was very inspired to find your Instagram, I think, earlier this year. was just so impressed by how professional and well-built your beds look and really saw, like, for lack of a better term, like my own business in a few years. Mm. I just saw that's exactly what I want to do. He's got the vision. He's executing it so well. So, um, Well, was, thank you, brother. Yeah, I just want to recognize that. Cool. But that's really why I'm here, because your work is, like, that good it just speaks for hey, itself you're, you're on your yeah. way dude young yeah. padawan thanks <laughs> what so what what got you into this yeah um that's such a deep question i had to really like cast my mind back into the past to find the answer and it is my my parents neighbor still to this day raymond this nice older puerto rican man now he's real old um who's had a flourishing huge garden my whole life so my whole life i've been fed great like valencia citrus you know endless peppers endless tomatoes all the time like to the point where what? we you know are having too many of them almost and we're joking like raymond gives us all of his stuff geez in orlando in orlando yeah so he still lives right next to them and grows a ton of food and growing up next to him my whole life i now realize i mean thanks to you kind of you know posing the question so well that he is the source of my inspiration to grow my own food because he's just being it showing me you know mm. from a young age like it's this easy just like tending any other plant except it grows food you know yeah yeah just takes attention and focus right exactly did he have that at quality i would say you know it's a little more old school his style okay uh there is a lot of attention and focus but a lot of like removing things as soon as they're not high yield and mm -hmm. yeah, you know yeah. <laughs> um using some pesticides and stuff still yeah. which i eventually had to tell him like i really want to eat your stuff but like i'm trying to keep it strictly <laughs> organic um, yeah yeah he's not into biomass Creation. no no biomass yeah, yeah, that would be a great eyesore right <laughs> but that's amazing you he he touched you and you were like i want to do yeah. that yeah i feel like i need to give back to him now and share more of my permaculture knowledge with him like building biomass it's that simple we don't have to throw it all over the fence into the nature preserve like we can use it to mulch mm. what we have build your soil get the mycelium going you know close so. by what do you what do you guys do at your at your company you guys you know yeah. what do you grow so I specifically install like raised vegetable beds for people. That's really what I'm good at. You know, tomatoes, nice. peppers, eggplants. Uh, Me too. Yeah, I, I see you doing that and doing the drip lines for some people. I kind of lean more towards like hand watering, letting the, the veggie beds, especially if they're in like full sun, kind of climatize and like learn the cycles, root down into the ground. Very I'm cool. all about like raised too and not elevated. So um, the company that I used to work for that kind of got me inspired, they only did elevated beds. And I never really liked like how the uh, bed was not able to connect with the earth, you know. 
mm. how they were only growing like a foot and a half of soil. I felt like there was oh, a like lot lacking there. When yeah. it's really shallow, you're saying. So shallow and, and you know, they, the soil dries perfectly. You can put the drip lines and timers. It's like a great science and I'm sure it works really well for a lot of people. I know it does because I used to work for this company, but okay. I just feel that plants want to be on the earth. They don't want to be separated from the earth. They I don't feel wanna. the same way. Exactly, bro. We, we're feeling the same yeah. intuition. The plants are telling us what they want. and That's it. I think that's what's making a, a master gardener. You know, what makes a master gardener or a person with a real green thumb is someone who, instead of doing what they think the plants need, they can just listen really well, mm-hmm. really, you know, tune in and find out what is the plant asking for. Wow. Yeah. What does the plant want? Exactly. Hey guys, I just wanted to take a moment to talk about this Centropic workshop held by my buddies Tiago and JR. This August, there's actually two workshops. There's one August 4th through August 6th, more of like a beginner workshop on the uh, subject matter, and then an intermediate course, August 7th through 9th. And it's a total immersion event where you're really gonna learn and get hands-on and really plant the whole system out and learn most importantly. So I hope to see you there. The promo code, you're gonna get 30% off. So get it today, promo code below. We'll see you there. Back to the video. Cool, so yeah, raised bed. So tell us about what you're talking about, the, uh, the overhead water. Do you have automatic drip, or excuse me, automatic like overhead water? Yeah, I mean, I've installed drip lines for a few clients and I use like a beehive system, you know, about uh-huh. that. Um, yeah, yeah. So those are hooked up to like your local weather station, kick off at like a 60 or 70% chance of rain. Um, and that way you don't need to really maintain your garden. But what I encourage most of my clients to do is get out there every day and hand mm. water, even with the drip lines, you know, just in the mornings. Right. Have an intimate connection with your garden. And um, yeah. see, that's what I do in my nursery. Yeah. And there's something to it, seeing all the plants every day. I would love to see your nursery do that. We're going to check it out after this. Awesome. Yeah, Yeah. man. But I'm like trying to automate it so Mm -hmm. I could just break away and focus on other gardens and stuff. Right. I mean, a nursery, it makes sense to automate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, In regards to, Mm -hmm. you know, people growing their food all over Central Florida, I would say Orlando is quite like the epicenter right now. It's booming up there, so. Very cool. I mean, you guys are probably a little more tapped in down here. I would say just with Homestead and the amount of year-round tropical fruit. Okay. But people are getting into it with like more cold hardy varieties of citrus, you know, mangoes even. Cool, in your area. In my area. I love to hear that. People coming up with their own varieties, yeah. To talk about it. By the way, we're like halfway between their like Homestead Jupiter right now. It's probably halfway, more or less between, you know, you and Orlando and Homestead. So it's in between. So I'm in zone 9B up there. We get a ton of rain. Um, And I would say you can't really go much further north than Orlando. It's like the last place you can grow year-round in Florida. That's it. And um, I think that's why it's its own deal. Don't you think? Like, yeah. you can grow mangoes there, I right? mean, yeah, I got huge mango trees on the property. I live on 20 and 30-year-old trees yielding abundant fruit. No so way. much. Yeah. This year it yeah. did? Yeah, this year this keep mango 30-year-old tree right tapped in uh, with a taproot to the spring-fed lake I live on. You know, probably like 300 fruits. Wow. I mean, so many that I was just giving them away until I ate the last two uh, yesterday. And I was mm. like, dang, I gave so many away. But <laughs> I think that's what it's about is yeah, sharing the abundance, you know. That's it, sharing. Yeah, because then people want to plant a mango tree. Like yeah. by giving <laughs> someone a, a tree-ripened mango, you've 
made someone want to plant a mango. It's true. Yeah. It inspires. Definitely, man. The experience is what inspires, a direct experience. It's just throwing mangoes, man. You're just yes. giving them away. Totally, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I didn't give so many away, but, you know, I don't want to live in that lack, like, mindset. I'm the same way, yeah. No, but you feel it. You're, you're making me laugh because at the end of the season, you're like, man, like, yeah. that was nice. And you really feel the gifts of the tree when they're gone. You know, just like anything, when when a good thing's gone, mm-hmm. you feel it's worth more so. And totally. dang, dude, as I was getting down the wow. last 10 mangoes, they were tasting better kind of thing, you know, yeah. where I was <laughs> in my mind, like savoring every bite. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, and I think that's the beauty of the, of the seasons. Yeah. You know, and experiencing it and it's gone. The cypress trees have, you know, <clears throat> have, have leaves on them all of a sudden, you know. Yeah. It's interesting. There's some huge cypress on the lake I live on. And, you know, when they drop all their leaves, you get a great view of the lake. So, I mean, just like with all things in life, everything being cyclical, like it's awesome to have a killer view of the lake, you know. And then when they blow back up with all their leaves, of course, no more view, but a lot of shade and a lot of beauty. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of people are it's like, what, what are we focusing on? Right. I remember we were talking about this just before this, like it's so easy to be like, oh, they lose their leaves. That's a bad thing for, you're talking about like you could see it's a beautiful view Mm. through it for that window of the year. That's so beautiful, man. Is the lake, you think you have a microclimate on your lake because, and yeah, yeah, that's why you grow mangoes right there. I mean, so my buddy, um, Jacob at Heart Healthy Farm, he turned me on to your podcast. I was following your, your page and loved your business, but I didn't really know about your podcast. And I'm at his farm one day, just working with him, helping him around there. And he shows me your podcast and I'm watching it. So that's how I got into this. And he came, cool. when he came to my land and, you know, helped me pick a bunch of mangoes, he was totally saying the same thing. This is definitely a microclimate. Mm. You know, the lake is definitely keeping it from getting too cold or from getting too hot just it's like this perfect little mediator of temperature right there so and then it being spring fed i think it feeds the trees really well it's spring fed yeah so you just see these little like on a really glassy day you'll see these little boils all over the lake wow yeah where the aquifer is you know connected right yeah up there there's so many different little little uh like springs yeah coming out of nowhere that's that's probably the magic of Florida. Like if if you were to say like what is the one thing about Florida that makes growing here so great? We have more freshwater springs than anywhere on the planet. Wow. Yeah, so our aquifer, I guess, in theory is the most rich and abundant because mm-hmm. we're it's just popping out of the ground. I mean, That's right. It's boiling over basically and that's what it's, all these springs are. Dude, it's it's magic. It's the magic of Florida. I feel it really is. Yeah. I mean, it's they not came Di- here. it's not Disney World. Right, <laughs> <laughs> but it's that that no i feel that the yeah. the abundance there really is here yeah i mean i think it might have been the original disney world right a lot of the like conquistadors mm. and ponce de leon they're looking for the fountain of youth you know right yep they had their own it's a small world after all <laughs> conquistador <laughs> yeah. right style back in the day I, I heard a lot of northerners would come from up north you know to like winter park winter haven all these little places named you know for the snowbirds and they would go to these springs like every day like it was like an attraction Mm -hmm. these green sulfur springs in central florida and they would have healing regenerative qualities Mm -hmm. so i I think it definitely grows better fruit you know by definition yeah if we have all this fresh water we're gonna have better healthier trees minerals and deposits and all that good fresh flow yeah, I, I mean, that. that's the beauty of Florida is year-round growing, so. Yeah, it's true. 
So you could, you still have the year round growing in Orlando. Yeah, we did have a, you know that little freeze last year, but I wrapped everything up. My uh, Malika mango, only three years old, held up really well. Wow, huge amount of growth. Um, so your gardens were fine. Totally fine. Cool. Even uh, sun gold tomatoes I had growing, they died back, but I kept them alive enough that they sprouted right back up. And those go hard. Yeah, yeah, I love those. Yeah. I got about five of those, and just you know six seven feet wow. going all up on my fence and stuff yeah cool dude so tell us about like raised bed gardening because a lot of our um, clients and viewers are into it like how do you what do you like to grow up in orlando veggies. My, my favorite thing definitely right now is like early girl tomatoes i got a lot of those going in early girl tomatoes yeah those are great and um tree amigos shout out to them i think they have some shout out dude best genetics best plants they're for real yeah they're gonna come on the podcast he's got to yeah yeah they're i've been using his plants for a couple years and i think they're the best i love that i love tree amigos so any of their peppers are perfect perfect their their pepper selection yeah yeah like which ones specifically their hall of fuego my favorite dude i think it's um Mm. a crossbreed between a habanero and a jalapeno so it's a little hotter than a jalapeno they're spicy yeah so spicy (laughs) (laughs) yeah those are good ahi dulce is good have you had that i have not no Ooh, that's a good one no when it hits uh you know habanada pepper yeah uh there's there's i also like the more mild like the lunchbox i, I, I yeah. can vibe with a little lunchbox but, yeah. yeah um ace <laughs> bell are not that easy to grow in central florida but i got a couple that i'm growing okay um i like the lunchbox goes off i like the production yeah i he do it like these you'll see there'll be a hundred peppers on there you need yeah. one plant you know so they start to get heavy yeah you gotta harvest these babies you, you need one you need one plant yeah tree amigos peppers man Dude, I'm cool. so impressed with them. <laughs> They're amazing, yeah. Because it's <laughs> like I could do my own bok choy, my own certain things. Yeah, tree amigos. Because what's interesting about them is people don't even might not even know this. They they like actually test their soil and like look to see what tomatoes want. Wow. And like they yeah. they like get the soil ready for tomatoes for that and to that degree, and it's just amazing. Yeah. Like that's yeah. Just, I know peppers and tomatoes like a similar soil. It'd be so interesting to talk to them about like acidity levels and like what plants and right. probably variation and even um, types of tomatoes. You know, some tomatoes like exactly. a big beef might like more basic soil than that's it, tomato. right? Because they they've they've thought about the varieties for ten seasons. You know, mm-hmm. I know you and I have too. Like you think about well, all right, what's the variety to grow? Yeah, and you really stick. You you want to stick to that. Yeah, I've been getting more into fruit trees recently, planting like a lot of like Jamaican cherries, you know, the strawberry tree, planting nice. just a ton of mangoes. I'm so into mangoes right now. Yeah. I, would, I would say mangoes are my favorite fruit, so I'm just trying to stay like focused on planting what I love. I love that. Yeah, because then people feel the passion come through more too, because I'm like so excited <laughs> for them. In a few years, you're going to be slamming these mangoes. It's true, man. Yeah. It's easier to sell when you're f- believing it. Totally. That's it, man. That's totally, it. man. Yeah. So tell us, what other fruit trees are you are you into? Strawberry tree, mango. Yeah, I mean, my all time favorite, just because I'm the most experienced with growing it, is papayas. Mm. So easy. Because you're the to most grow. experienced with it. Yeah. So I I've been growing papayas for like six years. It was just one of the first fruit trees I got into. So I know a lot about you know propagating and growing papayas, and then mulberries too. So I would Love encourage it. anybody that 
you know, if you like a fruit, if you like a tree, just start planting it, start growing it. Mm. Because as the years go on, it can kind of become your specialty. Yeah. yeah. So tell us, tell us about, because that's cool. You know a lot about how to propagate these. How do you propagate a papaya or have a mulberry? Yeah. I mean, the mulberries with cuttings. That, that's, that's pretty it. easy. It yeah. really is cuttings. Yeah. The, if you have a healthy mulberry tree, you have. 30 40 mulberry trees cuttings because you can take so many cuttings every season too constantly like you should just be taking as many cuttings as possible to keep it propagated but um in terms of papaya a lot of people use you know the paper towel termination method with the seeds there's so many methods i just pop the seeds in a little seed tray with some good soil and get so many little babies love it in a little tray yeah and then i what i do is the repotting method just keep repotting slightly bigger slightly bigger and um you know the the trick with seed trays sometimes is you do use a grow light in the beginning like 120 volt grow light just to get them pop right above the soil that then makes you sense. can move it outside to the actual harsh sun got yeah. it especially with our rain you know and unless this, you got a greenhouse yeah. yeah that's why the tree amigos they have a greenhouse yeah and you think why do they have a greenhouse in florida it's for the rain it's yeah. for that reason yeah your seeds will will rot uh with too much rain yeah that's something i've had to learn the hard way just a lot of wasted seeds yeah. yeah. So tell me, tell us about it, because you're far from Tree Amigos, bro. You're going far for plants. Yeah, yeah. I think Davey's two hours south or yeah. three. I don't know. Some, um, an hour or something. Yeah. I, I drive all over. Like, I just did a five-acre food forest install in Sarasota, and that took, like, forever. I mean, that was going on, like, 40 days. <laughs> and after 30 days, I had to I had to peace out and wow. let yeah. the other guys finish the job. But, yeah, I think that it was, like, 300 fruit trees. Wow. Maybe, like, 1,500 plants full understory um you're there a month yeah and and the most difficult part of this job was you know obviously like not just staying staying at airbnbs and staying with friends and being away from home but all of the preliminary work removing all sod backfilling with like i think a dozen maybe 20 dump trucks full of mined soil you know like right. just just full of clay <laughs> like just That's so interesting not so even you quality think about stuff, right. right we were just building up the okay. land you know raising the land making sure that none of these fruit trees are really going to grow in that pesticide sod soil, you know. So it seems like you didn't like the fact that they did that. They mined the soil. Yeah, I mean, I think that what we could have done is a a different plan. You know, we could have had a different plan because flooding was a major issue on this property. Right. So so for people who don't know, you're saying they brought in just dump trucks to raise the land yep. so they could grow their fruit trees. Right. Uh, and this is because there was there's flooding issues with the last hurricane and, and there's a lot of other factors. It is an incredible install. I don't want to say anything negative about it. I'm sure it'll be a great success. Cool. But, yeah, um, facts. You know, it's like awesome. when you have to raise the, the land that much, mm-hmm. inevitably the water is going to go somewhere. So we were having to dig out swales to compensate. That's a good point. Right. A lot of sail- swales were dug out. Just a lot of uh, bobcats used, a lot of heavy equipment. Yeah. It's a major operation. So, you know, in future jobs, I think I would probably find like some sort of land clearing team to do a lot of that work. Cool. And then I come in with, you know, my team to plant it. That's a good point. Yeah. Because that is its own thing. Oh, it took a lot. I mean, half the job was really removing sod, adding new soil, you know, and then the mulch, right? Just like six to 12 inches of mulch in all places. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. Yeah, it's a lot. So a lot of plants in the ground in that project. Yeah. A lot of plants on the ground. Shout out to Cameron James, uh, the lead on that project. Cool. Shout Um, out Cameron. I've talked to him, actually. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. Uh, Got got only positive things to say about him and his work ethic. He seems awesome. 
Really, he is awesome. Yeah, cool. And uh, he works for Food Forest Abundance as one of their main leads. And okay, yeah, it's it's an incredible company because they're mostly focused on big properties and completely transforming a big property with like only ornamental landscaping in Florida yeah. into a true food forest. Very cool. Um, like so all the layers, all the plants, all, all the layers. Yeah. And Very like, cool. you know, 65 gallon fruit trees, more mature fruit trees going yeah. in too. Um, what do you think about that? Yeah. Like planting big trees? Like uh, that's that. a deep question. Right there. <laughs> <laughs> we mean, got time. <laughs> I think, you know, obviously the younger the plant, you know, the more, yeah. more of a sapling the tree is, the more likely it's not only going to root well and establish itself perfectly, but it's going to adjust to all the conditions and the climate for it to mature proper it's true. instead it, of the you, shock. You really, because I feel that way for real. Yeah. But like, does it matter? If someone was like, hey, Patrick, I want the 45-gallon mango. I want fruits next year. That's Apocalypse is coming, whatever. Yeah. You're, you're, you're getting them their big mango, or would you be like, hey, let's start with something a little younger, a couple years old, yeah. ready to fruit. I mean, that's almost getting into like business philosophy, right? Whereas like, I try to always do what my clients ask for, but I temper it with what mm. I think. So I would be like, I love that. We're definitely going to put this $400 mango in because <clears throat> that's what you want. But there's a small chance that it might not root properly and yeah. that it might not even survive. And it's I important just, what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. be honest with your client. Like, exactly. Hey, they want all these, you know, whatever, citrus. And totally, man. And then they're excitedly like it. watering their mango every day. And I'm trying to communicate this deep concept, which is the tree needs to root. So it needs to seek out water and nutrients. Mm -hmm. And the more you're fertilizing and watering it, the more you're creating almost like a root ball. You're almost uh, keeping it in a pot, even though it's in the ground. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. And, so you're saying, hey, let it just be for a little bit. To just enough, yeah. Just enough. Because I think, you know, especially like it, with hurricane season coming and stuff, staking out your mango is essential. Like, especially if it's a young sapling, you know, making sure that it doesn't completely uproot itself while it's getting that taproot in. Certain things, like plants really do yeah. need, in my opinion, a lot of human intervention. Yeah, I you agree. Know? But like not too little, much. Not too much. Yeah, it's the balance. Like just all things, enough. just balanced. You know? Yeah, it's like a parent. But think about it. It's the same thing like humans, right? Growing up. That's why it's so mm -hmm. funny. The analogy, like the nursery being a baby. Yeah. Growing up the baby and the plant baby. It's so true. Like you don't want too much like helicopter parenting, where yeah. they, right? Like you gotta let them grow. I mean, we are here to do that exactly. Like you know, if you look at it from like a more spiritual, religious perspective, like we're here to be stewards of of this garden that is Earth, right? But from a more evolutionary sp perspective, I would say, you know, the plants were here after the fungus, right? First, the planet was all mushrooms, then it was all plants, and then. A lot of biologists say that, you know, plants innovated animals actually to spread their seeds and that they are not mobile and they needed to propagate themselves. So animals are actually, you know, the next step in evolution, but exist to spread and propagate plants. Interesting to think. About. And so us being the highest yeah. evolution of animals, right? Yeah, yeah. Like our it's highest purpose really is <laughs> caring for plants perfectly wow. and, and being like, tapped into the plant kingdom and, and stewards of this earth, I really feel like that's the highest human potential that we could be living. Mm. And, you know, that doesn't mean divorcing ourselves from technology either, more of an integration, right? Like I love that. Earth's maybe a bioreserve in the future, and we're using technology to heal the planet, right, and clean up, like, some of mm. these landfills and some of these garbage patches.
Yeah. Like I really feel like that's the only way forward. Yeah, know? use that as solutions, like on right. this earth. Yeah, right. It doesn't but, need to be like we go backwards well, either. Like technology uh-huh. can be integrated with this vision of healing the planet. I feel that, but yeah. also being stewards of that plant kingdom. Mm. That's what you're talking about. And people, and people just they don't realize it started with fungi. It's so interesting. The, yeah, the mushrooms. It goes even deeper, right? Because they say mushrooms didn't even come from this planet, that their spores can survive the vacuum of space. So the theory of panspermia is that mushrooms actually came from space. Panspermia. Yeah, they survived the vacuum of space, landed on this planet, and then they seeded the whole planet with the conditions for life, set us up with an atmosphere and everything, and then plants started popping up. Because which made, made oxygen, right? Which That's, converted all the CO2 into oxygen. <laughs> then animals could start popping up. That is a trip. Yeah. yeah. I mean, who knows, bro? Well, you can That's, take it even more full circle, bro. You could say that maybe the purpose of human beings making all this CO2 <laughs> and all these greenhouse gases, right, is actually to feed all the plants. Mm-hmm. And w- what what's going to happen with all this CO two? Oh, yeah, I mean, plant it's a growth, beautiful cycle, bro. Where I it's, think it's perfect. Bro. It's perfect. Yeah, that's it. And the closer you get to, like, people get that's my point, man. People get scared when they see the mushrooms in the soil. It's like, man, that's where it all started. <laughs> we got to remember yeah. those guys. Yeah, the mushrooms <laughs> are like um like some sort of like ancient internet too with their mycelial network. Yeah. They're hooking up your papaya tree to your mango tree, and there's they're trading nutrients now. And it's from my understanding, the mycelial network is basically connecting an entire food forest or natural forest mm. ecosystem or garden or whatever, and allowing everything to communicate and help each other. So, yeah. mushrooms are essential. You should be stoked if you see mushrooms <laughs> in your garden. Yeah, mm. it's true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Thanks for sharing these perspective. Panspermia. There we go, man. dude. I gotta have to look into that because who knows, man? Like these, these mushrooms are the. I just talked about it with Ralph on my last podcast. You know, Ralph. Yeah. These they're really powerful. These spirits of these, you know, plants, these fungus. Yeah. I mean, they're the they're the ancient masters and they're the teachers. I really feel um, that you know Terence McKenna said it best that he's not seeking out any human teacher or guru. You know, he knows from direct experience that the plants are the teachers. And this is what our ancestors know. I mean, we've been co-evolving yeah. along them for millions of years and cultivating them. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Very cool. Yeah, well, so, t- <laughs> so tell us. I know we have limited time, but mm-hmm. this is great. Thank you for coming, Pat. Blast, this, dude. It's awesome, yeah. I appreciate you having me on. Of course, dude. It's really cool. I, wanna, I wanted to have growers on, soldiers in this game, you know, like you understanding creation and anyway stewarding the land so i appreciate you but is there anything else like you want to share with maybe your projects or your business or your philosophies around gardening because yeah. it seems like yeah you you're very particular which is a great thing and intentional beautiful yeah i i try to be intentional with what i do and i will say that i think growing our own food um has like huge societal implications you know food sovereignty and not being dependent upon the system is like really the key to the new earth. And um, I have a, a spiritual like meme page um, and a podcast myself called Terra Nova, which means in Latin new earth. Um, so new earth. Yeah, man. I, I really feel like that's the way, you know, like the apocalypse that 
we're all kind of witnessing on the news implies um, the awakening of the new earth, you know. There's no other way as we see things fall apart, we've got to build something new. So I'm, I feel, I'm trying to I feel that too, that, man. Yeah. Terra Nova. There we go. Cool. Thanks. Thanks, bro. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. look into all that. And I mean, what, what if someone were to say, hey, wars, because it is crazy. It's like apocalyptic almost if mm-hmm. you look at it, really. like, And then someone's like, hey, dude, there was world wars. There was all this other crazy stuff all the time. Right. And they were saying that was like the war to end all wars. It's like, what? Who? if it's like perpetual and just insane, or do you really feel like it is like coming to a point where it's it's, it's a revelation or what? Yeah, I would say with the um, <laughs> with the birth of the internet, we are in a, a completely new age. We're more connected than we've ever been. Billions of people are connected with each other. I think the potential for mass awakening and a global consciousness shift is finally possible. You know, at other times when there's global mm-hmm. wars. You know, um, people can control information and how people perceive these things very easily. But now, as the veil is being lifted and people are able to see more clearly, I think there is, you know, in our lifetimes, uh, an enormous shift for humanity upon us. That's beautiful. I love that message. Thank you. Because that is real, too. Like, think about being in these towns. Like, think about how naive we were in our town growing up. Right period like and that exists everywhere on earth by the way i don't care where you're from or whatever say what you want it's just it's real because that we don't have perspective and then people travel and they get exposure and you know and you can get that through the internet like through you know really seeing being exposed to people on the other side of the earth doing amazing things yeah i mean inspiring each other I kind of was raised on books more because I'm 27, so I wasn't really raised on the internet. But dang, is that the uh, the difference between me and maybe someone 10 years older than me? Is mm. like at age, you know, 15, 16, I was watching YouTube all day, educating myself, and I think the internet is definitely responsible for my awakening. Mm, you know, it's powerful. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like it really is. And I want podcasts, like, bro. Like this right now. Podcasts specifically, man. I mean, wow. that's why I believe believe in this medium so much. Because at seventeen, when I was taking psychedelics for the first time and having absolutely no clue what to do with my newfound perspective, uh, podcasts. <laughs> really. No shaman guides. Maybe. No shaman yeah. guides. <laughs> Joe Rogan came through. <laughs> he was the yeah, shaman. That's hilarious. Yeah. That was yeah. They've been doing it whatever ten years. Yeah, man. It is. It's powerful. And uh, I think this long free form media. It, there's a lot more uh, depth and authenticity in it. Facts. That's what people are starving for. Man, that's yeah. right. And the in this age of just instant gratification, people are really hungry for a real I conversation. Like, I don't want to just hear what the media is just telling me. Just you know, I don't know. I don't no. want to say to it like I'm over that. Like I don't even believe any of it. No. So it's, it's like, all a psyop. They just yeah. want to hear some truth <laughs> from some like, people. It's true, man. Mm-hmm. Like what's really going on? These you know conversations. Yeah. And I, I, yeah, I believe in this awakening as well, bro, by the way. Yes. I want to put it out there because there's many ways to look at it or believe or have opinions on, but I know that there's a lot of goodness going on all the time. Exactly. It's all about what you want to pay attention to. And, mm-hmm. you know, ultimately I would say it's all unfolding perfectly. And the wild thing is, is it's perfectly balanced if you have the eyes to see it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think you do. Yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, it's beautiful man it's perfectly balanced if you have the eyes to see it and i appreciate your perspectives today and all you know and and coming out 
Heck yeah. Bless up. It, yeah. And is there anything else you want to share? Like people like Jacob should come on. Any people you want to shout yeah. out? Yeah. Check out Heart journey? Healthy Farm. A great example of like a beyond organic four acre farm. Heart Healthy. H-A-R-T. Uh-huh. H-A-R-T. Yeah, his last name. And um, yeah, please, please look at my business. Uh, Grow Your Own Florida. All one word. Um, Florida is just F-L. And my meme page, my baby is Terra Nova. Um, T-A-R-A dot Nova. Um, and I, I think my message that I would like to leave like people parting with is just that it's it's one source consciousness in all things. And if we can remember that, I think we can be a lot more peaceful and, and loving towards each other. So. Mm. so true, man. Separation is definitely the enemy. <laughs> and the illusion. You and know? the illusion. It's yeah. really the illusion, yeah. And it's one funny because... One source consciousness. Dude, it's got to play us too, right? If there's just one source, it's got to pretend to be two. It's no fun. <laughs> so that's the game, right? Yeah, it's, it's so We always forget that because it's not fun if you always remember it's one. It's yeah. just not that fun. Yeah. <laughs> I like <laughs> that. Yeah. that. Dude, but it's it's true. Let's remember that. Yeah. Be a way more peaceful world. Way more but, peaceful world. You can't hurt yourself if you're remembering yeah. it's yourself. Um, yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah, bro. Yeah. Thanks for coming out, Patrick Lang. Thanks Bless for having up. me on, man. Heck Bless yeah. you. See you next time. Thanks.